0: going to Second uh, Timothy, uh, chapter three, verses one through seven, and we're going to look at these verses in the, the amplified classic. Second Timothy. Chapter three, verses one through seven. But understand this: that in the last days, and we have been in the last days since the resurrection of the Christ since he ascended into heaven, we have been in the last days. Know this, that in the last days will come, set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate Greedy, desire for wealth, proud and arrogant, and contemptuous, boasters. They will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. They will be without natural human affection, callous and inhumane, relentless, admitting of no truth. Or appeasement in other words covenant breakers they will be slanderers false accusers troublemakers you know anybody like this intemperate and loose in morals and conduct uncontrolled and fierce haters of good they will be treacherous betrayers rash and inflated with self conceit they will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more than and rather than lovers of God for although they hold a form of piety a form of true religion they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession our operative verses verses of emphasis verses six through seven avoid All such people turn away from them. What does the Bible say? Turn away from them. Verse 6. For among them are those who worm their way into homes and captivate silly and weak-natured and spiritually dwarfed women, loaded down with the burden of their sins and easily swayed, ...and led away by various evil desires and seductive impulses. Let's hear verse 6 again. For among them are those who worm their way into homes... ...and captivate silly and weak-natured and spiritually dwarfed women... ...loaded down with the burden of their sins... ...and easily swayed and led away by various evil desires and seductive impulses. Verse seven, these weak women, who you calling weak? (laughs) These weak women will listen to anybody who will teach them. They are forever inquiring and getting information, but are never able to arrive at a recognition and knowledge of the truth. This afternoon, our lead pastor has given me the task of complimenting the, the teachings we have received over the past several weeks during the cuffing season. Our subject today is, from our text, the devastation of silly women. Now, this teaching, this teaching was taught in our local church, November 2008, over an eight-week period of time. Today, we will consider God's mind concerning His plan for every female. There's absolutely no way that we will cover eight weeks of teaching. I'm going to do my best to just be very relevant, uh, very relatable, yet revolutionary. We want to normalize Christ likeness, godliness, holiness in God's church, in God's family. Now, To do so, as the Apostle Paul was writing to young Timothy, he wanted to set the order. He wanted to bring about some correction. And so, yes, I am going to travel down this path of correction. It's one of the Greek words, krino. It means to set in order those things that are out of order. It means to bring to our awareness the lack of godliness. It is to ensure that we are taught from the mind of God, the heart of God. And this should be the goal for every woman, first, that we know God, that we experience God, and then secondly, to model Christ-likeness, godliness, in a dark world, a, a wicked world, a very evil world. You see, we won't always be in our teens, we won't always be in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, our 50s. Since the fall of man, we have been progressing towards the grave, we We're aging. How many of you noticed that we're aging, that the body is changing, as cute as we are, and as fine as you are, as firm as you are? (laughs) We're just getting started. We're progressing towards the grave, we're aging, and one day we will all experience physical death. But what should we be doing while we're living here in this earth today? There's so much that, please understand, we are going to have to unlearn. There's so much that we must learn from God's perspective and and not from the culture. So, in order to do this God's way, yes, there are things that we have all been exposed to that we must be willing to, to unlearn. Understand that this is the 21st century, but God's word is not old fashioned, His word is not outdated. And his word is not antiquated. And and, and I want you all to hear that God's word is for every nation. His word is for every ethnicity, every nationality, every gender, every generation. God's word will meet us right where we are because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. His methods may change from one dispensation to the other, one generation to the other, but in his nature, in his character, God does not change. The devastation of silly women. Let's talk about it. And I'm sure these are just some women that you know. None of these women are in this local church. (laughs) This is not a female bashing message. All of us must understand that shaming does not provoke change. Manipulation and control will not provoke change. Cynicism, sarcasm, criticism, and berating do not provoke change. Change is a matter of a person's will. I change because I see the need to change, because I want to change, I must change. You and I choose change, and all of us need to change in some area or another. No one is exempt, whether streaming in or in person. The truth today is that many of us were never taught how to sit. We were never taught how to speak. We were not taught how to dress appropriately. We were not taught how to behave at the dinner table. Many of us were not taught how to pray. We were not taught proper etiquette or work ethic. Many of us were not taught how to identify a counterfeit. We were not taught that some males are not even to be considered a prospect. He's not a candidate not for a godly woman. Some females do not complement God's plan for my life. So even when I look at my sisters, you're not good for me. (laughs) We're not taught how to be virtuous women. We We were not taught how to be wives, how to be ladies, how to be parents. We were just not taught. And yet, we are without excuse today. Teaching is always essential to appropriate behavior. I must be taught. Now, that says that I must be teachable, I must be willing to unlearn, and I must take on this posture of heart, I want to learn. To learn means that you and I are receiving the knowledge, the training, The instruction necessary to progressively change my behavior so that I'm living within the confines of that pattern of behavior set forth for me by God. To learn means that you and I are receiving the knowledge, the instruction, the training necessary to progressively change my behavior so that I'm living within the confines of that pattern of behavior set forth for me by God. Teaching is essential to appropriate behavior. Teaching is repeating until learning takes place. We believe teaching is the the mother of learning. Repetition, the mother of learning. I need to hear it over and over and over again. That's the way we teach our children. Repetition is the mother of learning. And we teach and we teach and we repeat until learning takes place, until my behavior is in alignment with the behavior that God requires for me. Teaching is the essence of development. Now, throughout discipleship development, we've learned that growth is a steady progression towards full development. So I see myself progressing towards full maturity. But I'm on this path, this track, wherein teaching is the essence of development. So teach me, train me, tell me what I need to know. Perhaps I've been misinformed. Teaching is the basis for sound judgment. This is critical because we're all making choices. Daily we're making choices and we live, we die in these choices. Choices are long-lasting and they're, they're life-changing. And so it is important that I make the right choice because many are trying to recover today from choices made yesterday. And I, I don't have time today to make another unwise choice because I may not live long enough to recover from it. Teaching is the basis for soundness in my judgment. We do not enter into the earth realm knowing how to live. And even after we accept Christ, we must be taught His expectations. We must be taught how to live. Everybody on planet earth is not living. Many are just existing. To live means that I am hooked up to the source of life. I'm empowered by the source of life. Rooted and grounded in the source of life so that I reign over the circumstances of life. Now I want you church family to understand this. God, no matter what we have gone through and no matter our current state, God never sees us as victims. Never. He's God and he has given us the solution, the remedy, the plan for victorious living so no matter what we've gone through, he never sees us as victims. We must be taught how to live through teaching and training and testing, example and certainly experiences. My aim today, and I want you to hear my heart, I think you all already know this, our aim in this teaching is not to embarrass but to educate. It's not to condemn but to, to compliment those of us who are female in gender. You see, we are impacting the lives of the male seed. We are impacting the lives of, of the men. Whether we're doing it for good or for evil, we're influencing the men. We want to expose and certainly to discourage ungodly behavior. So we turn our attention to our, our true worth and the purpose that God has for us, from the mind of God, we were not created to be vulgar. We were not created to be hateful or mean-spirited. We were were not created to be wild and unrestrained, to be loud and unseemly in our behavior. We were not created to smoke anything, use drugs, drink alcohol, use profanity. We were not created to engage in lesbianism. And the church said, (laughs) we were not created to lay up with just anyone and anything passed around like a football in a football game. I think you all have another way of expressing it. You all will just have to hear it from me, the, the way I know how to express this. We were not created to be insecure, to be wicked, to be jealous, controlling, and manipulative, seductive, slanderous, gossiping, cold-hearted women. That's not how God created us. We were created with dignity. We were created with brilliance. We were created with intelligence and high moral standards, and it's, it's clearly painted throughout all of the scripture, particularly in Psalm 139. We were not created to be loose females. Manipulating young males in their innocence. We were not created to be, I don't even know if you all use this terminology anymore, hoochies and divas. <laughs> I, I, I think they got something else going on now. I'm going to stay in my lane. Come on, sisterhood, we were not created to dress half naked. Oh, amen. I, I'm, I'm getting in trouble early, but we have to know that we, we, we were created for more than lashes, boobs, and booty. Come on to church. We come into class today. Amen. I am more than my lashes. I, I'm more than my hair. I'm more than my booty. I'm more than my boobs. I'm so much more. But maybe I haven't been trained. Maybe I have not been taught. Maybe somehow culture has influenced me and given me a false identity. We were not created to be rude, neck-popping, eyes-rolling, ratchet women. And yet, one would think that perhaps this is an ethnic issue, and I beg to differ. We want to set the record straight. It is not. We have all nationalities, all ethnicities, and all cultures misbehaving. We're getting ready to go. We were not created, come on ladies, to chase males and to sleep with as many as we choose just because we can. We were not created to chase the male. Listen people, the male seed or behave in a disgraceful manner because we can. We were not created to be silly women. In our text. This word silly, it comes from a Greek word, gunaikarion, and listen, we're going to go through the list. So You know somebody like this, this does not describe anybody in our church, but you know somebody just like this. So I'm going to give you the the Greek uh, definitions. We'll we'll hear it in in English. Silly means a little woman. (laughs) A little woman. We want all this on the screen, and so uh, you know somebody like this. This is not you. I ain't talking about you. And the church said yeah. silly women, it means a person, a female who is void of good sense or lacking common sense. Yeah. A silly woman is one charmed by ungodliness and easily deceived. Are y'all writing this down or how do you all do it? You do a screenshot that we got to put. We want want everybody, because we're in class, we're learning this, right? Everybody said, This ain't me. This ain't, this is not me. (laughs) The brothers are saying, Pastor, you just don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then you better be cool. You can't act like, Man, you talking to her. You can't do that. (laughs) Silly. Damaged in soul. Now, there's a reason why. But damaged right here in the soul. And and, and, and hence we understand that's why you behave like that. Because you're damaged up here. You ain't crazy, but you're damaged. Silly, in the word of God, it means void of godly judgment. So we go through this vicious cycle of, 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 of making unwise choices, no god choices, wicked choices. Blaming and shaming others, never looking at oneself. Now, as we grow in Christ, we understand this. Yes, all of us have a past. We've all gone through something horrific. My past is a tutor. I learned from that. But it is not the counselor that guides my life. Everybody has a past, and we've all messed up. Or we, we've all experienced something that is horrific. But today, you heard it, throughout the cuffing season teachings, we blame nobody. You see, at some point, I grow up, I mature, it happened, yes it did, but I'm not living in this place of blame, and certainly not in a place of shaming others. A silly woman is in that place of blaming and shaming others, never really looking at herself. This little woman this silly woman lacking the power of reason. So we're faced with all of these different choices. Can I work my way through the situation, the circumstance? It means slow-witted. Don't ever put your mama back up there ever again (laughs) Weak-willed, easily seduced Pay attention Weak-willed, easily seduced If any of us, we've been guilty of this today We make the decision, no more I won't be labeled this way or identified this way This was pointed out in the scripture Led by emotions and impulses How many of you know that's dangerous? an imbecile. They had one word as I was studying this, they had one word and I said, maybe we better not use that. That's kind of strong. My grandbabies have a problem with that. Stupid. (laughs) Is that the definition? Void of self-respect. The devastation of silly women. Mentally unsound, unstable, just all over the place. Lacking strength, of character. Oh, the scripture said it, easily deceived and taken advantage of. Enough, enough, I get the picture. No, we have a few more. (laughs) Morally bankrupt. Void of truth, now pay attention to that one, put an asterisk by it, void of truth, satisfied with a lifestyle beneath God's plan. Reacting. Now, remember, whenever I'm reacting, I'm ruled by emotions, I'm ruled by feelings. Life requires that we respond, but we don't ever have to react. That's when you start popping your neck, (laughs) rolling your eyes, right? Ruled by emotions, out of control, that's when we're vulgar and obscene, that's reacting. But I can respond in a godly way. Satisfied with a lifestyle beneath God's plan. Reacting for the moment. Engaging. Listen. In short-term pleasure. <laughs> Never caring about or considering the long-term consequences. I need to repeat that one because you were too quiet. Engaging in short-term pleasure. Never caring about or considering Long-term consequences. And then finally, definition, silly woman, having one's thoughts, desires, and emotions directed toward that for which one was not created to participate in. So whether we believe it or not, there is is power in purity. There's power in self-control. There's great significance in modesty. This teaches, it's not about fans and followers and fame and fortune. It's about liberation, true liberation. It's about freedom from the tormenting bondage of self-doubt and insecurity and low self-esteem. That deficit in character that causes one to dress up the outside, flaunt the outside, only to cover up the pain on the inside. On. Tell the truth. That's why we do it. That's why there's that, that over-exaggeration, that artificial me. The picture you see on the outside, what is it doing? It is covering up the pain on the inside, the deficit on the inside. So I look really good on the outside, but you better know I'm in trouble on the inside. It's the extreme makeover because underneath there's the fear of loss, the fear of failure. There's the the fear of, of rejection. Now Jesus came to set every captive free. And the question is, do you really want to be free? That's the question. Freedom comes, listen, with boundaries. Amen. Freedom comes with responsibilities. Freedom means transformation. It is a stepping out of the old into the new. Freedom is expensive. It requires sacrifice, discomfort, and inconvenience. The root word from freedom is free. And to be free means complete in Christ. You see, and you all pay attention. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I'm grateful that you've got opinions, that's your opinion. That doesn't define who I am. And I, I won't be in, in a prison uh, confined to the opinions of other folk. What you think about me, you've got to accept me, affirm me. You've got to include me. Or I feel bad about myself if I'm not included, I'm not accepted, I'm not affirmed. You see, when I know who I am, I am complete in Christ Jesus and I'm not trying to impress anybody. You see, it is to your benefit to be in friendship with me. (laughs) I ain't chasing nothing, ain't selling nothing. Come on. Freedom, complete in Christ, it means lacking nothing essential to one's ability to flourish. You see, we were created to flourish, to rule, to reign, to rod To exercise authority over situations and circumstances, to never come up under any situation, any circumstance. Yes, it happened, but I still rule. He made me ruler. Christ made me ruler. Not confined to or bound by the opinions or the acceptance of others. Colossians 2, 8 through 10. I told you I wasn't going to finish. We'll go as far as we can. Is that all right? We're learning, aren't we? Colossians 2, 8 through 10 Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies. (laughs) High-sounding, listen, nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So in other words, I'm filled with all the fullness of the Godhead because God lives on the inside of me in the person of the Holy Spirit. So you... Also are, listen, complete. Everybody say, I'm complete. complete. So you also are complete through your union, not with a piece of flesh. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. He's the head. He is the head over every ruler and every authority. Freedom. Freedom, it means, listen, ignorance is not accepted or tolerated. Now, let's analyze that word ignorant, and and I want to give you an example. Growing up, we had um, our grandparents made preserves, and they would use what they called jelly jars. Anybody familiar with that? Y'all too young. A jelly jar. And they would put the preserves, whether peaches or whatever, in the jars. And these were some hard jars. I want to make the distinction between a jelly jar and crystal. Anybody familiar with fine crystal? Ladies. That's who God created us to be, fine crystal. It's expensive, yet fragile. And you handle it with care. Jelly jar, you just wash it, throw it to the side. (laughs) But fine crystal. That's right, Sister Russell, we handle it with great care. And every woman said, I'm crystal. You know, so when he you know, he walks up to you and whispering in your ear, you just have to tell it, he won't understand Just say, I'm not a jelly jar brother. <laughs> but look, when you look at me, you be like, Chris, this is fine, Chris. It's too expensive, you can't afford this. No, I'm telling the truth. Ignorance, what does that mean? Ignorance means that we reject truth. Or I've never been introduced to truth. And could it be today that we are going through a study wherein we have never been brought into the knowledge of truth? Ignorance means I just don't know. Mama wasn't there. Grandmother wasn't there. Aunt wasn't there. I just wasn't taught. I just don't know. Ignorance. We're without excuse today because God says, I'm going to make sure you know the truth. Ignorance further means that I reject the truth. Truth was made known to me, but I didn't want that. I want to do my own thing, my own way, and so I reject the truth. All of us, listen, we do not fall in this category of being silly women, but far too many do. Like I said, you know them, you know it's not you, but you know somebody like this. All throughout life, we face choices. My son has a different way of saying this. He says that when we're, when we're born, we look like our parents. When we die, we look like our choices. I want us to hear it again. Hear it this way. When we are born, we embody purity and innocence, but when we age and as we're aging, we embody our choices. Because I come here, all things being equal, and I understand we come here with the nature of Satan, we're born in sin, but all things being equal, we come here pure, we come here innocent. But as we're aging, As we're progressing towards the grave, we embody the choices that we make. Now, can we today start this journey of making some better choices, some godly choices? And the church said, yes, we can. We're empowered to do so. No matter, I've stated this earlier because this is the way God sees it, no matter what we've experienced in life, God never sees us as victims Everyone, we have a past. We've learned this. My past does not disqualify me, nor does my past define me. Yeah, I went through that. It is a a tutor. The past for me is a tutor to learn from, not a counselor to guide me. It happened, and I'm forgetting those things which are behind. I understand, and I want you all to take a good look at me. For the females in here, I'm you. I know the devastation of unwise choices. I know the pain of rape. I know the pain of molestation. I know the the pain of incest and abuse, verbal, mental, and physical. I know the pain of being rejected and hated and humiliated. I am a you, so I'm not standing here separating myself from the audience. I'm talking out of some heavy experience. And I'm saying to you that if God will transform this life, this vessel, he'll transform you. It's much like when Jesus saw the man at the pool of Bethesda, all those other people right there at the pool of Bethesda wanting to be healed. Jesus asked the question, a profound question Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be whole? Because that's the issue. I don't have to remain in a pit or a ditch. Everybody say, I'm coming out of this today. We're not justified, listen, in being petty, <laughs> promiscuous, or pitiful. And understand this about God. He does not pity us. He has compassion. Why well, read in the Bible, I saw the scripture that God looks upon us with a pitied eye. That word translated is compassion. Yeah. Empathy. And he gives us the power that we need to change. God created us to be powerful regardless of the past. Ephesians two, 10. Let's go there. For we are God's masterpiece, not a piece of junk, right? right. Not a sex toy. Oh, yes, yes. I wasn't created to turn flips for you. Yes, yes, yes. You say jump, I ask how high. Right. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> I you not I came here to hear the, the, the little preacher, the lead preacher. <laughs> they got his mama up there. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right, God set you up. It's all right. Listen, for we are God's masterpiece. From this moment forward, just in case you didn't know it, when you look in the mirror, you have to declare it and decree it. Set yourself in agreement with your creator. I'm God's masterpiece. He said it. Nobody measures up to God. If God said it, that settles it. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things. Why? So we can do the good things he planned for us a long time ago. You see, God has a good plan for your life today. And he planned that before the foundation of the world, before your conception. God had a plan. And and it's not just Jeremiah 1.5 when God says to Jeremiah, Before you were formed in the belly, I knew you. Before you came forth out of your mother's womb, I had ordained you a prophet unto the nations. That principle applies to every one of us. His plan transcends anything that we have gone through in life. Understand our past and our pain were not for the purpose of being a pit to bury us. But our pain is what we use as leverage to rise in life, to catapult us forward. And so this teaching presents to us truth, undiluted, uncompromised truth. And Jesus Christ is the personification of truth, the embodiment of truth, the essence of truth. He's absolute truth. And I'm unapologetic when I I, I talk to you about truth. I ain't apologizing for nothing I have to say. Because we live this. You understand this? And and it is the truth that he brings to our hearts that brings freedom. And all those, listen, all those who love truth will have no problem receiving this word and being transformed thereby. If God said it, I'm committed to it. Those who have an obstinate refusal to change will reject the truth. And we've learned this. A stubborn man will always be an ignorant man. You see, I must be teachable because teaching is essential to change. The more we teach, the more those who refuse to change will defend their lives. <laughs> you don't believe this. I just got to the objective. We're just going to give you the objective. I think, uh, uh, <laughs> my son, see, he's, he's real long-winded. He'll keep on preaching. You, you've got this much time. You can still go. Keep going, keep going. Our objective is twofold. Let's look at it. For every female, we want to be instruments in the hand of God to reveal how Satan has deceived females today, just as he deceived Eve. To be instruments in the hand of God to to reveal how Satan has deceived females today, just as he deceived, he beguiled Eve. The Bible says that the woman was deceived, but the man transgressed. Let's see, She really was misled, but the man went into it with his eyes wide open. He knows that when he leads you to the hotel or the motel or the back seat of the car, he don't marry you. <laughs> He's deceiving you. I'm going to prove all this from the scripture. Number two, we want to provoke a desire for change in as many females as possible to be who God created us to be. The brilliance, the intelligence, right? The skill. And our goal is, of course, to lift up the standard God set for the female by raising up a cadre, will you be a part, a cadre of godly females to draw other females into their rightful position in Christ through teaching and certainly godly Examples. We need more who will live this because we must be what others ought to become. Our children, understand our children, our males, and other females must be able to look at us, listen, inspect our attitudes, inspect our lifestyle, inspect our dress, our choices, listen, inspect our speech, inspect our relationships, and see us model godliness in a manner by which they see Christ and they desire Christ. Others must see holiness in us, elegance in us, discipline in us, integrity in us, discretion in us, a prayer-filled life, a meek and a peaceful spirit. Proverbs thirty-one thirty, Charm is deceptive. <laughs> and beauty does not last. So you, 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 it's okay right now because you... You figure, well, you know, I'm, I'm all firm, I'm all tight. And some of us, you might not be firm and tight. Oh, oh, see that, see that? It's your body. You'll store it over it. Carry with grace. And take good care of it. You only get one. You won't be jealous of other women if you take care of your body. Yeah, you comb your hair and put on some lipstick. You don't want to wear lipstick, put on some gloss, put on something. Your lips shouldn't be cracked and bleeding. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know she she's in church. She's in church. You don't have to wear red lipstick, just put something on. <laughs> put on a little mascara, a little blush. See, this ain't that kind of church where they tell you you got you can't wear no makeup, you can't wear no nail polish, right? You got to wear a rag on your head, wear a long dress. You see, that's what we call ugly. (laughs) Can you see it? Now I can get into some real serious trouble because some of of the most promiscuous people in a lot of our churches, no lipstick, right? No nail polish. But brother Deacon so-and-so knows you real well. (laughs) lady crazy. This lady crazy. <laughs> Fix yourself up, sister. Amen. Make yourself look gorgeous. You see, not just because of people on the earth, but you serve the king. You ought to look like royalty. You ought to look like it. Charm is, we stated this, charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Now understand this, when I do not fear God, I'm capable of doing anything. I'll sleep with anything, I'll wear anything, I'll say anything, I'll go anyplace. When I do not fear God, I have no boundaries, no filter. I don't care if he's married. I'll sleep with him anyway. I don't care if it is a female. I got feelings. You see, some things are off limits when we walk with God. Today is the day. So we choose to hear the voice of God. Is that right? It's hearing from the mind of God that infuses us with divine power. I know somebody, it sounds like somebody said, it is hot in here, isn't it? I ain't talking heat hot. Spiritually hot. Hearing the word of God brings inspiration, a provocation for change. You don't need to motivate me. You don't need to entertain me. Just tell me the truth. You see, Because I'm ready to do it God's way. There's room for correction. Now, let's go to Genesis 2. And I'm just going to, I think I'm going to be able to finish up with this. Genesis 2. Let's see this. This is what God did. How many of you know there's, there's room for growth in all of us, Right? Do you all recognize there are no perfect people in this room? (laughs) We came here with imperfections. We're all flawed. right? But God loves us. Have you heard it? He knows the worst about us, and yet he's made choice of us. He still included us. The scripture is clear. This is Romans 5, 8. While we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinning, God saw us, you see, before the foundation of the world, God saw us. So while we were yet sinning, Christ died for us. He said, I'm including you, and I'm watching what you're doing. That's before you were conceived. And the Lord, God said, it is not good. It is not beneficial to his purpose, to the expansion of the kingdom, My plan for his life, that this man should be alone. This guy was not lonely, he was alone. And there is a difference. To to say that he was alone, he is without aid, he is without support, he is without assistance. It's not good for him to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So I am going to create someone of his kind to help him. Equally as intelligent, created in the image and the likeness of God to help him. Now, out of the ground, pay attention, you all. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. So you've heard it before. Before he gave him a woman, he gave him work. Ooh-wee. And, 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 and listen, this, this man was a God-man. He had enough sense. He wasn't humping on the monkeys. <laughs> He wasn't humping on no alligators and no baboons. Why y'all looking like that? Do you understand this? He was not confused. Do you understand? He was alone and God gave him work. He gave him an assignment. And before a man takes a wife, a responsible man knows that he must be working. Because there's more to this relationship than whoopee. Y'all missed that part. Real deep revelation. You just have to know that over the years, just with experience, you can have so much trouble in a marriage wherein you don't taste a drop of sex because you're so busy fighting. Y'all don't believe that happens, right? I just want to get married. I just want somebody. (laughs) So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them and zoology, and whatever Adam called, whatever Adam called, whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all of the cattle, to all the birds of the air, to every beast of the field but Adam, but for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him, not among the apes, the animals. God had to make someone specifically designed for him, to help him. And the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took... This is a master physician, the master surgeon, no slip-ups, no anesthesia. See, he created him, so I'm just going to sleep. He goes to sleep. Y'all don't understand that. He took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man... Ooh, Lord have mercy! He made into a womb man, a W O M B man. Uh huh. And he brought her, not him. He brought her. He brought her, not he brought her to the man. God's plan for the man is that he have a womb man, the ish, I S H, the male man. He marries a, 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 an Isha, that's a, a man with a womb, female man, a womb man. Something's seriously wrong if Ish wants Ish. That's a male wants a male. That's not, that's not God's plan. Now it happens, it's evident in culture, that's not God's plan. And we want to stay with whose plan? God's plan. Well, you know i got friends like that. You pray for your friends, baby, that's fine. But that's not God's plan. He brought her to the man. And all things being equal, a man has his eyes on a woman. One must have a womb. We don't put two wounds together. Are y'all understanding this? You see? We have an entrance, and we have exits. <laughs> this, is, this is real. I'm, being real nice. If you don't understand this, y'all stay in discipleship class. <laughs> and Adam said, now, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called womb man. Now notice, he named her, not God, you see. Because God put his brilliance in Adam. So Adam knew what to call all the creatures. He knew what to call this woman. And this woman was not a monkey. This is somebody like me. Now, this is going to really be rough for some of you all. Why was she created and what is she helping him do so that females can stop this mindset? Well, I want him already developed in his manhood. He is not there. And he cannot get there without help. So God created helper Someone suitable and adaptable to help him develop in his manhood. So get off the cloud. Because he is not developed when you marry him. When you meet him, he's not there. He needs woo man to help him. We got it mixed up. We're supposed to help him develop in his manhood. You're trying to help him get an orgasm. Huh? What you jumping for? You all not hear it worse than this in that music you listen to. Yeah. Those movies you watch. Yeah. And all that stuff you're looking at on these devices. You hear a whole lot of trash. Let's hear it from the mind of God. Yeah. A woman was created to help him. So you're going to be disappointed if you go through life. And you shouldn't be doing this anyway. Looking for him already developed. Your job is to help him get there. And if you don't want to help him get there. Stay single and celibate. (laughs) She was taken out of the man. We need to help. We need to help. Therefore shall a man-ish leave his father and mother. This is God's plan for the family. We've got to get back to building some strong families. Right? I need a father and I need a mother. Now, most of our our households, statistically, are single-parented households. And mothers are doing a great job. And I applaud you. I thank God for you. But there will always be a deficit in that child's life when father is absent. Because God, listen, you can't improve upon God's plan. Children need mommy and they need daddy. That's why we get married. We don't shack. We don't try it out. We're not having orgies and multiple partners; just one. Yeah, Ooh, wee. just one. Join together. Therefore, a man shall leave his father. Now, now, until he's ready to leave his father, he probably ain't ready for you. You see. Now, our children understood this. They're adults when they can pay their own bills. <laughs> now I'm gonna take care of him, so you let him move in. He's eating up all your chicken. <laughs> He's sleeping in the bed that you, listen, you bought that. He's driving your car. You pay the notes. You got the insurance. Right. See, some of y'all ain't smiling because you like, you all, you, you. <laughs> you. washing his clothes, cooking his food, but you ain't got his name. Now, understand this. There's power in his name. When you get married, you ain't Miss Brown now. If he, if he is Jefferson, now you Mrs. Jefferson. And everything he got, you're entitled to it. Yeah. Liabilities and assets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you ain't, you ain't moving up in here, and I'm going to wash your clothes and cook your food, you eating my chicken, you driving my car, you sleeping in my bed, and then you talk to me like I'm, I'm trash. But then when it's time to make whoopee, then I'm supposed to be ready. We don't shack. We get married. It's legal in heaven. I don't care what they say on this earth. You want it to be legal in heaven. So, look, they're joined joined together. They become one flesh. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Because you're always going to be one with what you sleep with. That's the Bible. Right? They were both naked. We put the emphasis on, see, they were naked. That means that they were vulnerable, transparent. They were unashamed. Relationships require vulnerability and transparency. Every godly man wants a godly woman. Put the emphasis on it. Every godly man wants a godly woman. Now, I want us to, this, this is just the truth. He might sleep with you. Why are y'all quiet? Deplete <laughs> you, bankrupt you, but not give you his name, right? No ringy, no swingy. <laughs> y'all understand that? Oh, that, that sounds like tongue. She's speaking in tongue now. <laughs> we want commitment. We want a covenant. Yeah. Now, you brought him to church with you. That's why he's sitting there looking like that. <laughs> God set you up. Our lead pastor has made this very clear. Sex, male bashing, intimidation, ultimatums will not keep a male. You give him all the sex you want. Somebody else can do that. Right? You don't give him ultimatums. Just a few points and let's, let's just stop because some of y'all are about to throw up. <laughs> Every female is not a woman. Female, it's it's the same. Every male is not a man. You see, based upon the anatomy of his body, certainly it's a male. But that doesn't mean he's a man. And Paul said this, when I was a child, I understood as a child, right? I behaved like a child. I spoke like a child. He said, when I became a man. In other words, when I grew up, when I became mature, I put away childish things. You see, he's still throwing temper tantrums. Ooh, let me get out of there. I'll let you lead pastor. Isaac clean that one up. Every female is not a wife. Why are y'all quiet? I ain't going to serve him no food. I ain't clean up no house. I'm independent. I got my own job. I got my own money. Things change when you get married. It ain't yours anymore. It's ours. I did this with Reverend and I first got married, you know, I'm driving. so I'm, I'm going, I got my car. He said, that's our car. <laughs> <laughs> he ate your car. <laughs> I said, whoa, what we, what we dealing with now? <laughs> it's all ours. Every male is not a man. Every female is not a wife. Every male is not a husband. And surely, you want more than a sex partner. When we refuse to change, we commit to fail. Yeah, and there's a whole lot to this. You all know, I mean, I'm I'm gonna stop because it took me eight weeks. When we refuse to change, we commit to fail. I'm you, girl, woman, lady. I'm you. Not here to hurt, but to help. To say we've been doing it the culture's way. And we're failing miserably. You know who's really paying? Our children. And I submit to you that God's way is the only way if we really want to live, soar and flourish and succeed, it's got to be God's way. Understand this about God, He does not negotiate. He says what he means and he means what he says. There's a penalty for misbehaving. You see, when I when I didn't know better, all right. But I know better. And when I'm educated, when I know better, I do better. Right? So prayerfully, this was more like a chat. A naomi to a Ruth, mother to a daughter, sister to sister. Yeah, I've been doing it the wrong way, Pastor. Just didn't, I didn't know. But now I know. Will you behold? Will you change? Will you do it God's way? That's where the benefits are, the blessings are. When I do it God's way. But they're going to call me weird. They'll say something wrong with me. No. So you don't need their affirmation, they have their opinions, you don't need their acceptance. I'm a living witness that God will give you friends who are moving in the same direction that you're moving in when your aim is to please God. How do we restore the male seed? And you may think it's, it's funny. But you got to stop sleeping with him, sister. If you want to help him. You see, he needs something greater than sex. He needs his creator. And because we are the influence of God in the earth, we were created to get him. I don't have to use my body, my boobs, and my butt. Proverbs 5 and Proverbs 7 will tell you the danger of fooling with flattering women. They have no regards for the law. No regard for the law of God. Y'all understand this? You want to help him grow, help him mature. You want better sons. You're, you're, we're watching our males die in their own blood. Dying prematurely. Our churches across the globe, 98% of our church is filled with females. Why don't we have those males in church? We've been given an assignment from heaven. Wherever there's a female, all things being equal, if she wants to be married, there should be a male with her. Wherever there's, listen, a home, father and mother. The blessing is in doing it God's way so that we can redeem we can save our children. Otherwise, we'll continue to see the catastrophic events we see happening with our young boys, particularly our young boys. Young girls need the love of a father when he tells her how beautiful she is and how loved she is. There's no reason for her to be deceived by a counterfeit. I hope my granddaughters will always be able to say, my daddy done already told me, my uncle done already told me, my papa already told me how cute I am. Right? I don't need that. I don't know, some of the brothers are probably upset with me because you just closed the kitchen. <laughs> I ain't talking about no cooking in the kitchen kind of stuff. Your legs got real tight. That's what God wants. Right? He wants change. He wants maturity. He wants growth. He wants development. It's not to hurt us or harm us, but to grow us up so that we're truly daughters of the king, right? And we're carrying out the kingdom agenda, not some dude's agenda, right? So, uh, Tanisha, you and your husband, you all gonna do the, I'll let you all do the call to Christ because y'all know I'm not nearly by three, but anyway, you got enough, you got the point, didn't you? Come on, let's thank God for his word, (laughs) hallelujah.
1: Wasn't this good, church family? Yes. See, I couldn't say that. If I say that, it's going to go viral. That's a male-bashing pastor. Elder women train up the younger women. And yes, phenomenal job. Phenomenal. Uh, What I want to do, there's too many sisters in here to do uh, what we did with the men. When all the men came and we prayed with them. But I do want uh, you, mom, for all the the sisters in the house, could you please stand? Mm -hmm. I just want you to pray over them. Um, I recognize many times what you said was accurate. Mm -hmm. There's unlearning to do. Yeah. Yeah. There's unlearning to do. Truth is uncomfortable when we're held by a lie. So we have single uh, ladies in the house, married ladies in the house, parents in the house. And I do believe, just feeling it, that there are sisters who want to do it God's way. Like, you, you've come to the end of you. Mm-hmm. And I just think it wouldn't be fair to have an altar filled of men mm-hmm. during this series praying we're here without creating the same opportunity for sisters mm-hmm. to get prayed for. Amen? Mm-hmm. So I, I just want you to just pray to them, speak to them.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: it. Then you sit down and we'll do the prayer for uh, Christ, and you'll be able to go home. Okay.
0: Father, we bless you in this house. You see your daughters, we're your special girls. God, you created us for a purpose, yet to truly be known by us individually and collectively. But God, we lift up our hands in your presence on today, and we, we recognize that we came here sinners, we came here flawed, and many of us, God, we came from families, mama wasn't there, daddy wasn't there, or maybe they were both in the house, but God, we just weren't taught And some of us, we just rejected the truth. But now we stand in your presence, God, and we repent. We turn away from ungodly thought patterns and ungodly lifestyles. And oh God, we give our lives to you afresh. We're so grateful in this house, God, that in you there's no condemnation. We've all messed up but it's your grace that today declares us innocent, guiltless, and blameless. And because of the blood of Christ, God, we have a new beginning, a new story. And so, Father, as only you can do, you know us individually, you know every woman in this place. God, touch us. Those of us, God, who have, we've been through the rape, the incest, the molestation, the divorce, the abuse, We know the pain of being used, misused, rejected God, we we lift up all the insecurities and and for some of us, the arrogance and the the pride and the self-righteousness only to cover the deficit on the inside. God, you can alone go deep down on the inside and heal us. Heal us. Teach us God that no matter what we've gone through, you love us. And you've got a good plan for our lives and we're yet included. All that stuff in the past does not define us. It doesn't disqualify us. You called us your own and we have been bought with the blood of your son, Jesus. And so today, God, we heard your word. Thank you for circumcising our ears afresh to hear. And with what we've heard today, God, we have a readiness to obey. Thank you for giving us the empowerment of your spirit to carry out your instructions. We know we can't do it without you, but you sent your spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, the Helper. Based upon his ministry, God, we surrender to you. Thank you for giving us the ability, oh God, deliverance from that porn addiction and all the masturbation and the sexual encounters and... Whether it's fornication or adultery, oh God, the filth, the music, the movies. God, forgive us, cleanse us, wash us. And let us experience your supernatural power in that, God, we don't want to do it anymore. We recognize that it's not in our humanity, our own human ability, but it's in your ability, your dunamis ability. You called us to a place of authority. You said, To those of us who receive you, you gave exousia, the authority to be the children of God. And as your children and as your daughters, oh God, we turn our hearts to you. And we thank you now that even in this place, we sense your healing power permeating our trinities, uprooting all of the enslaving tentacles of lust, the lust of the flesh, the pool, the power, the persuasion of sin. God, we thank you for deliverance in this house. Oh, Spirit of the living God, thank you for healing us of the hurt and the pain. And thank you that we'll use, oh God, the mess, the pain as our ministry, as our story to bring deliverance to others. Saturate us as only you can do. Thank you that we'll leave this place on today, declaring that we're innocent, guiltless, and blameless. The devil has nothing on us, and he has nothing in us. We're truly the daughters of God, the sisters of God in the kingdom of God. Divine influence you pour into us, so that now, God, we can help our men develop in their manhood, whether it is an uncle, a father, a brother, a husband, a prospective candidate for marriage. Now, God, we're instruments in your hands to help our men develop in their manhood. He gave us this commission, and we're honored to receive it. We thank you now for healing, for wholeness, for deliverance, and we give you alone the glory as we live out this mandate. In the name of your son, Jesus the Christ, God, we bless you forever. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of worship. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Can I get every sister, same way I did with the men, can I get every sister to say, I am, am. touch yourself. Say, I am am. God's masterpiece. masterpiece. And I will carry myself myself accordingly. accordingly. If you don't like it, that's your problem. One more time. "I I am God's masterpiece. That's who you are. That's who you are.